so weird. Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. It's Tuesday, so Andy's over in the Golf Channel talking about golf. Matt's picking somebody up from the airport, or he has some sort of BS excuse for not being here today. So we bring producer Dan on the other side of the screen. How are we doing today, Danny? I'm fantastic. Uh, yeah, Matt's brother was flying back into Chicago today, and his flight got delayed. So he wasn't sure if he was going to make it home in time. And I guess Matt's the only person in Chicago who has a car. So uh, he gets uh, airport duty a lot. So he's off today and I'm here. And it's fun because I feel like we usually find something off the rails to bet on when I'm here. So we'll see what happens. I like that attitude. And there's a lot of stuff to cover. We've got some stuff today. We're going to talk about NBA awards again as we're kind of in our break. We will have a win total Wednesday tomorrow, folks. Um, very excited for the surprise return of that. But where do you want to start here, Dano? I know I've got some afternoon tennis. You've got some Champions League. So uh, where do you want to go first? Why don't you fire us off with some tennis? Let's do it. Again, we've got an event in Dubai, an event in Mexico. Unfortunately, nothing in Dubai right now. All the matches are just finishing up. I'm looking at just two lines for tomorrow morning. Um, actually, one just opened. Barbara Krejcikova here, um, plus 100 against Kvitova. I actually probably will bet that. So mm. check the link in my profile on Twitter if you want to see that. But the tournament in Mexico, we got a bunch of tennis this afternoon and a couple plays in that event down in Merida. Um, we'll start here with a total. And, um this is going to be one of those where if this match goes two sets, cakewalk of an under here. We might even cash in three, honestly, knock on wood. I don't want to try to do that. We did that once already this year. But Leslie Sarenko plays against Katarina Siniakova, um, two players that really specialize in quick sets. I mean, Siniakova is kind of goes the way of the match, if you will, has played some longer first sets and things like that. But I expect this to be kind of a 6-3, 6-4 match. Whomever wins could be even lower than that. Um was very happy to see 21 and a half in a match that I had at 21 myself and would have juiced to the under, maybe hung a, a cheap um, 20 and a half or something, you know, kind of right in between those two lines. So that half a game, it's always nice to get the hook on the 21. Again, should be a nice quick match here down in Mexico. And then Maria Camilla Osorio, um, listed a bunch of different names, always has Osorio out there, plays up against Magdalenette. Lynette, a very solid player, does well generally in the European hardcourt season, but has struggled in North America specifically. I'm not sure if it's the time zone, the tournament conditions, stuff like that, but Osorio does great in Mexico in some of these smaller tournaments and has really been building up her form lately. I, I love this, have this much closer, closer to probably plus 120. So anything plus 150 or higher on Osorio looks good. And again, both of those matches should be this afternoon. Osorio around 8 p.m. Eastern, so that'll be a night match. And then Sorenko Sinico around 4 o'clock Eastern or so. So give me an under and an underdog. I mean, what's not to love about any of that? Um, yeah. So that's going to be this afternoon, like you said, around 4 o'clock. At 3 o'clock today, we have Champions League soccer again. Apparently yesterday was family day in Canada. I don't know what family day entails in Canada, but that's why there was daytime hockey. Um, oh. Probably should. Probably should have been able to figure that out uh, before the show, but nevertheless. Um, but we do have the Champions League returns uh, today with 
two matches and i have action on one match and in the interest of full disclosure i actually in the our google sheet yesterday i put a bet for the other game which is napoli versus eintracht frankfurt uh and i had put uh, both teams to score and over two and a half in that game uh it was around plus around even money is like plus 102 uh right now it's out to plus 135 so that has moved against me so uh i'm just gonna take it that there are a lot smarter people out there than i am who have uh, decided that that game is going to be low scoring and betting napoli unders is never a position that i really want to be on if you remember our super bowl preview show uh the the napoli uh, say the, the Napoli cross sport prop hit for us there. I don't like betting unders on that team. They score a lot. They're really fun. That game's going to be really good, but I am going to bet the other game, just kind of a, a fun pick. And this is the marquee game. This is probably the marquee fixture of this round of the champions league, Bayern Munich, PSG, uh, a really big series as well. That one started last week, but this one probably bigger, two of the historically great programs in European soccer. And in this competition, so much so noops, this is a rematch of the Champions League final from last year. Liverpool and Real Madrid meet in the round of 16, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Liverpool uh, did not, I believe it was Liverpool ended, I can't remember which one of these teams didn't end up winning their group. Nevertheless, uh, this is a one nothing Champions League final where Liverpool outshot Real Madrid by 20 and uh, Thibaut Courtois for Real Madrid had nine saves in the Champions League final. Uh, this is a something's got to give kind of spot uh, in this game. And I'll put up my pick here as I'm going to take Liverpool playing at home. Uh, Liverpool has uh, one draw and five losses in their last six games against Real Madrid. Uh, however, Real Madrid has won just one of its last seven games away from home in England uh, in, in uh, European competition. They did beat Chelsea last year. Uh, in London, but they did also lose to Manchester City uh, on the road, but they didn't have obviously advancing out of that series and going on to the final. This game is at Liverpool. It's at Anfield. Both teams kind of having disappointing seasons in their domestic leagues. Liverpool eighth place right now in the Premier League. Uh, Real Madrid eight points off of, or maybe Liverpool seventh, I think. And Real Madrid is eight points uh, behind Barcelona. So neither one of these teams is likely to win their league this year. So this is it. Like this is Probably what both of these teams are going to go all in for Liverpool at home. The pressure is on them to get a result here. They do not want to be in a spot where they have to go get a win on the road at Real Madrid, a place where Real Madrid manages to find magic every time they play there. Liverpool has won their last two league games, uh, both two to nothing. They're coming off a, a game in which they really throttled a good Newcastle team two to nothing. So they've got a lot of positive momentum. If Darwin Nunez plays, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's potentially going to play. It looks like it's trending in the right direction for him. He's in good form. Uh, Cody Gakpo, who they acquired, uh, after the World Cup, Gakpo had a really good World Cup for the Netherlands. He scored in the last couple of matches, so he's starting to find their footing. And with one goal, Mo Salah in the Champions League uh, will tie uh, Didier Drogba for the uh, highest scoring African player in the Champions League. So there's a lot to like with Liverpool in this situation. So I, I just think that this game's going to be very unpredictable. I like Both of these teams kind of have magic in this competition. Real Madrid manages to find ways to win uh, a lot. Uh, when they shouldn't, but Liverpool playing at home, I expect and the Anfield crowd to give them a good boost. KG, tight affair, and if the over two and a half and both teams to score hits in the other game, I am going to be very disappointed in myself for not betting it, but nevertheless, uh, if you're looking for action, that's what I like in that one, and that's what we have this afternoon. These games are going to be at 3 o'clock this afternoon. What about Napoli? Team total over one and a half. I'm looking at plus 122. 
I, I couldn't figure out why, which way the steam was going. Um, I couldn't figure out if it was steaming to the under because people thought that Napoli was going to struggle to score in this game or Eintracht Frankfurt was going to struggle to score in this game. It, this game is in Frankfurt, but um, so I don't know. Uh, I that, I don't hate that look either. Uh, it could be a situation where Napoli just ends up winning that game to nothing. Both teams are in pretty good form right now. So just couldn't quite figure out why the steam was to the under there. So, I mean, sure, why not? I'm, I, I love our guy Oseman and our guy Caveradona. So why not? I dig it. I like it. Um, only two more days, noobs, without basketball. Are you are you holding up? Are you going to hold up? Are you holding up? Okay. It's weird to have all this free time. I'm weirdly kind of enjoying it. Not having to sweat who's going to play, who's not going to play, having afternoons to myself. But no, it's it's time for basketball. I'll be ready to go on Thursday when it comes. And um, we are going to talk some award stuff. Or do you want to do tennis first? We, we did tennis. We just already. did tennis. We, we did tennis. Oh, so God. I think we should do some. Uh, what is it about Tuesday? I'm a mess every Tuesday. It's, <laughs> the, it's not the show or anything. I just I, I wake up every Tuesday. I think it's Wednesday. Anyway, the NBA, like you said, we'll be back on Thursday. Yesterday we went through some of the conference odds. We thought it'd be fun today to kind of flip through the awards odds, see where everything sit. Um, you know, cross our fingers for a couple of good positions we do have and. We'll start here with the MVP odds, which if anybody's been paying attention to the news, uh, these have moved really in part because Jokic is, continues to be incredible. There was a straw poll released, I think, where he had something like 77 of the first place votes and Embiid and Giannis combined, I think, for like eight first place votes. So uh, Jokic, the prohibitive favorite here. I still think there might be a little bit of value in Embiid if the Sixers can somehow finish as a one or two seed. And then Giannis picks up the wrist injury. Shams tweeted today that maybe it wasn't too bad. He'll be out a couple weeks as opposed to a couple months. But uh, we'll see how that goes. And I don't think anybody else on the list is really worth it at this point. So if you do have some Jokic, kudos to you. You're in great shape. If you don't have any Embiid, it's not the worst bet in the world. But I don't know, Dan. I don't think I can trust anybody else. Yeah. So just to the straw poll, you were right, Jokic. 77 of the 100 first place votes. Giannis and Embiid combined for 17. Uh, Giannis had 11. Embiid had 6. You would have to think that if... Giannis is going to be out for an extended period of time. Maybe those those first place votes would switch would swap to Embiid instead of Jokic, because I don't know why you would vote for for Giannis. He gets hurt, and then you would just suddenly decide that Nikola Jokic is your MVP. Perhaps I, I heard yesterday that they were worried he was going to need surgery on his wrist, and it turns out he doesn't because I guess he's Wolverine. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of with you everywhere else, like. I just kind of put the rest of the names that were up there on the list just to kind of see where the odds were. But it really feels like it's going to be Jokic or Embiid in this situation. Like, what price would you want to bet Embiid? Would you need to bet Embiid at this point in the season? Again, this is pretty close. I think it'll just sort of keep moving. If it somehow gets to like plus 800, plus 900, I might actually add a decent amount. If it somehow gets to plus 1,000, and again, the Sixers are still a game or two behind the Celtics there for kind of the top seed like they are. But it does seem like it's kind of Jokic at this point. So the momentum is rolling. But again, it's a two-guy race at this point. And unless, like you said, Giannis is Wolverine and just comes back out of nowhere and, and crushes the last couple months of the season. So uh, kudos to anybody that has Jokic. That's the real lesson. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if unless he gets hurt, it doesn't really feel like this one is going to go in another direction. Uh, what I, Oh, I put up six man of the year next. This one I put second because this one – kind of has some informational stuff that you kind of have to parse through with two of the four guys on this list now on the same team. 
Oh, oh, that's right. Russell Westbrook. I forgot. I didn't even think about him on the list. I was like, oh, that's right. He's teammates with Norm Powell. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, cross Russell Westbrook off. It's just. It's and I put stupid. Normal Powell instead of Norman Powell. That was stupid. <laughs> yes, you've got Brogdon here as the favorite, which I think I agree with, but not at minus 155, maybe at like a plus 150, kind of somewhere in that range. And uh, the tough part of this is unless Norman Powell or Tyrese Maxey really ripped through the last month of the season here or so, which is possible, there's not really a great candidate for this award. So you look at Brogdon, it, it tends to be your sixth man. It plays on a great team, you know, usually one of the two best teams in either conference, which, you know, you have here in the Boston Celtics, the Clippers, the Sixers there, and kind of your top three players. And it's somebody who generally scores a lot of points. It's Brogdon really doesn't. I mean, his stats are solid. His advanced numbers look pretty good. But I think Powell and Maxi are much better bets here. I know I mentioned betting Maxi a, a month or so ago. Kudos to anybody that scooped that up. I think we took Norman Powell at the beginning of the season. But we've got some Maxi and Powell in our pocket at double digits there. So um, if you do, great. I think we're in an awesome spot. If you don't, I think there actually is a little bit of value in Powell and Maxi at plus 400 maybe take a unit and split it up on either yeah i just want to uh i had to fix that graphic it was really bothering me so let me uh <laughs> pop that back up uh well he is normal i guess but yeah, yeah. so yeah again those kind of middle two names there pal and maxi i think that's where the value is i would have those guys closer to plus 250 somewhere in that range again brogdon probably is the favorite but not by this much so if you don't have any pal or maxi in your portfolio get a little bit yeah so you don't think like Russell Westbrook, like there's already the narrative has started about what Russell Westbrook can bring to that team. Like you're not buying that at all. Uh, it could be good. It could be great. But again, I don't see the numbers for him. The Clippers are going to be good, and but he's not going to be the sixth man. It, it sucks for Pal maybe a little bit, but yeah. no, I don't think Russ is going to come in here and all of a sudden win this award after being, I think he was like minus 200 at one point for some stupid reason. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was weird. I don't understand that at all. That's why it kind of like feels to me like Maxi uh, has some value there with a guy who is probably going to have some of his uh, hype taken from him if the Russell Westbrook thing works out well. Although Lord only knows how that's going to go. Uh, are we counting blocks accurately for Jaron Jackson Jr. now? According to Kevin O'Connor and Kirk Goldsberry, two of the most trustworthy people in the Twitterverse, yes. They went back and watched every block that um, they gave to Jaron Jackson. I think there was maybe two or three you could kind of roll your eyes at. But remember, folks, the home stat keeper really only keeps fouls and the clock. Everything else is done and, and double-checked and um, run by an independent member of the NBA. The woman who's not team affiliated just works for the NBA and that's their whole job. So uh, even if some home stack keeper wanted to do something like that, it would be corrected almost immediately by the NBA and often is. So I continue to roll my eyes at that. And just remember that folks, Jared Jackson Jr. Now this is what we do have before the season. We grabbed him around 30 to one. Uh, it's, this is great. It's really shaping <laughs> up nicely. Brooke Lopez in second to plus 550, you know, has some really great numbers here. I wonder what the lack of Giannis is going to do because, again, Giannis kind of helped support those numbers or maybe he has a chance to be really great. So that's a bit of a double-edged sword. I don't think necessarily there's any value in that. Bam Adebayo is finished as second or third a defensive player every year and looks like he's in line to do that. Nick Claxton has been great, but not that great. Giannis always has a chance, but probably not, especially with some of the injuries here. And then Evan Mobley, you know, we've got a ticket on him at a worse number than this. And again, he's pretty much out. So I think we're in a great, uh, great spot here with Jaron Jackson Jr. If he could finish the season healthy, this looks like it's pretty smooth. But um, if you did maybe bet too much on that somehow, take a little Brooke Lopez to cover your stake, but I'm not doing that. I'm just going to let Triple J ride. 
Holt asks, any word on Adams coming back, team defense sliding for the Grizzlies? Just did a quick Google search, and we're roughly in the uh, time frame from when he was expected to come back. Have you heard anything? What are you – anything there? Like, uh, any thoughts on that? It definitely helps to have Adams back. Part of this award is you got to have a top three defense, basically. And the Grizzlies are starting to slide back a little bit. But uh, Jackson's already the favorite, which you've seen in some of these polls. Creates momentum. A lot of these guys just go pull up the odds and look at that and kind of vote that way. And, again, his counting stats are so good that there's not really another candidate here on some of the other great defenses. So Adams is supposed to be back, um, I think, for the Thursday or Friday games or very least early next week. And I haven't heard anything to the contrary. So if he's back in time, Memphis can settle a little bit. But again, I think we're still in good shape here. All right. And then our last one that we have on here, we have the most improved player. A uh, lot of letters to try to write on this, but there you see SGA and Lori Markinen are the co-favorites with Jalen Brunson as of right now. The only other player seemingly with any chance to win this thing. It's just an amazing market. This has been so fun all year, the way it's moved around. Um, you know, we don't have any real good positions here, unfortunately, but um, it does feel like it comes down to Shea and Lori. Um, I do wonder, Halliburton at 50-1, to 1, I don't know what he has to do to get any more attention, but again, that straw poll really didn't receive any love. I wonder if Jalen Brunson gets the New York bump and kind of sneaks by everybody, but all these numbers look pretty good. If you really want something to bet, take Brunson and just bet on the New York media vote. Yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way when it came to uh, NFL awards, where apparently just to win an NFL award, you have to either play or coach in New York. If we do that and show any level of competency, you're going to win. So, I mean, it's Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's having a great year, so it wouldn't surprise me. Like Worthy the, winner, for sure. But exactly. So that I'd would probably give it to Shea. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who has been really, really good for a couple. Like, the only thing that kind of like is, is, are his numbers better this year? Or are people just noticing him? I'm genu genuinely asking because it feels like he's a guy who has for a few years now, like or at least the last couple of years, been a really, really good player who's just been playing on a really, really bad team. Yeah, I think it's he's taken kind of the jump similar to what we saw last year with John Morant. And this is always something that comes up when you talk about this award, which what's more impressive going from kind of nobody to somebody or somebody to, you know, a top 10, 10 to 15, probably around around 15 player in the league. And yeah, his numbers are up average 24 and a half points last year. He's almost at 31 for this year. Um up about a quarter of a steal a game. I was able to actually increase his blocks. Assist and rebounds are just about right where they are. But again, that scoring number taking a big pop is really what drives a lot of this. So I think Shea probably does end up winning. But again, no value really at that number. How is this guy not the favorite and he's fifth in the league in scoring? I didn't know he had Story marketing's been awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he has. And the Jazz have surprised a lot of people this year. They were supposed to be one of the worst. People thought they were going to be like one of the worst teams in the league and they've been surprising, I guess. Man, I had no idea Shea Gild Gildas Alexander was averaging 31 points per game. Yeah, pretty much 30.8. He's been fantastic. Man, if they end up with Victor Winbanyama, that team is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Oh, the length, all the defensive yeah, I know. play, it's terrifying. I mean, and this was a team that, I mean, maybe screwed up their timeline by taking uh, Chet instead of someone else. But, I mean, who knows if Chet's ever going to play. But man, you take the swing on somebody like oh, Chet. Yeah. I, I personally, I wouldn't. I'm not a. I don't like big guys with medical problems right. as much as I'm a Joel Embiid fan. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's he's some guy. Just I don't know. It was tough to see him, Nick. But if he's any good, and again, they somehow get Webb and Yama, like this is just this is nuts. And maybe they don't get Webb and Yama. They might just make the stinking playoffs. They might just be good. They might be good. I mean, they they play hard every night, even if they don't win. So there's something to be said for that in this era of load management. 
when you have like a young team that at least goes out every night and tries to win, even if they're not very good. So, and they've been that way for a couple of, they've been a pain in the ass to play for a couple of years, even though they've been bad, they've more or less play hard every night, which is something commendable about that. Noobs baseball season's almost here. Sort of. <laughs> baseball season is so boring, but it's here and we're here to give the people bets. I know that was a long segment, uh, hopefully a lot of actual information, no actual bets, but Dan has award bets for us. The baseball has started. There's odds up. We've got an MVP bet. And then this second bet, this is fascinating. I can't wait to hear about this. All right. So the first one, we're going to go ahead and throw this up. This is a more traditional bet. This is uh, NL, NL MVP. This is a bit of a homer pick, but I don't care. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. to win the National League MVP at 10 to 1. Uh, that's the number I would bet it at now. It is starting to trickle down. I bet this at 12 to 1. Uh, I put this on the list because it was still 14 at Caesars yesterday, which is a book I don't have access to because I'm not in a state where they have Caesars, but it's down to 10 to 1 there today as well. Uh, here's the thing so Ronald Acuna Jr., two years ago in 2021, was well on his way to a landslide NL MVP. He was the best player in the National League by a wide margin, and then he tore his ACL right before the All-Star break, and he was not the same last year. He came back last year, had a rough year. He only played 119 games and only played 89 of those in the field. He rested a lot because he was dealing with knee soreness, and ACL injury takes time to come back from. So he was not the same player, but before he got hurt in 2021, he had 24 home runs, 17 stolen bases, and a 990 OPS in 82 games so if he kind of repeats those numbers over a full season he's going to be in contention and the question was how healthy was his knee and I think the best sign of that was he really wanted to play in the world baseball classic for Venezuela which is where he's from but it was up to the Braves medical staff and they cleared him to play even though there was expectation they weren't which is a sign that the Braves are comfortable with where he's at in his recovery he's been working out at the team facility in Florida right now and everyone is raving about how he looks as good as he did back in 2019 when he came close to having a 40-40 season. Uh, Venezuela is in a group with the Dominican Republic at the World Baseball Classic, by the way, and the Dominican Republic is the favorite. Their first game for those two teams is against each other. And if Ronald Acuna Jr. has a, a, a good tournament there and they're the second best team in that group along with Puerto Rico, if they get out of that group and make it to the knockout stage and he has a good uh, tournament, I think that's going to build some hype for him as well but that number's been plummeting it's down to like 650 at some places and so on and so forth so if you can get a 10 to 1 on that i like it and another reason i like that noobs and this is just kind of another newsy thing are you aware there's a pitch clock now so major league baseball is going to have a pitch clock this year and you can this you is going to be awesome you can go google all of the information about all the rules and I everything i can't wait but, for the tweets but so basically there's a with a runner on base there's a 20 second timer with runners on base and you're only allowed uh what is it called two disengagements per at bat meaning you can only step off the rubber or pick try to pick off a runner twice per at bat so the what that the reason that that matters is they had these rules in the minor leagues last year and stolen bases went up a big tick they went up from 2.23 in 2019 to 2.83 last year and the success rate run. and the success rate went up 10% as well teams were more likely to run uh, because of these rules last year. Now, in the majors, you're probably not going to see as many guys trying to steal bases because generally the player pool in Major League Baseball is older than it is in the minor leagues. But nevertheless, guys who like to run a lot, like guys like Ronald Acuna, Trey Turner, so on and so forth, you're probably going to see an uptick in stolen bases for those guys. So if Ronald Acuna can have a 40-40 season on a team that's probably going to win 90 games and be in playoff contention, he should be right there if he's healthy and if he, he seems to be healthy. So I like Ronald Acuna to win the NL MVP. 
And then this other bet, this came up in the deep dive DGen Discord. This is on DraftKings. You go to season special, scroll over, and they have the race to 10 wins. So who is going to be the first team to win 10 games in Major League Baseball this season? And I have placed a small bet. I would not bet a lot on this. It's 40 to 1 for a reason, but 40 to 1 on the Los Angeles Angels to be the first team to 10 wins in Major League Baseball. This is a weird organization that doesn't do a whole lot, right? But they do have two things going for them, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Uh, the problem for the Angels has been durability as much as anything else over the past couple of years, which shouldn't be a problem in April. They did go 15 and 7 last April, so they got off to a good start and then the wheels fell off quickly for this team they added tyler anderson who was an all-star last year but that might just be because he played for the dodgers and there's some weird like magic on the other side of los angeles there they upgraded their bullpen with carlos estevez and matt moore and then they added just like random guys like brandon drury drury geo urshela at uh, excuse me geo urshela and hunter renfro to their lineup to help just kind of build some depth hunter behind. renfro uh yes um las vegas raiders receiver uh, uh there's two different hunter renfros I think there's two of them. I'm willing to believe this, but sorry, I had to stop you. So you can be me. R F. Sorry. R E N F R O W is the wide receiver for the Raiders. And R E N F R O E is the outfielder for the. Sneaky. Yes. So you just confused the hell out of me there. Now that you're totally off track. Now that I'm completely off track. So. Then you have to look at the schedule for this team. The Angels, in their two of their first four series are against the two worst teams in baseball. They start the season on the road in Oakland. Their fourth series is against Washington. Their second series is on the road at Seattle. That's a tricky series. And then they play Toronto, who's very good. However, the Toronto series is their home opening series. So that's when they get to come home for the first time. And it is the third series to start the season on the road for the Blue Jays. They start the season with 10 games on the road after a month down in Florida. I think they're a Florida team for spring training. So you can probably think that that Blue Jays team is going to be kind of ready to get back home to start their season in Toronto. So you might be able to catch them napping at that point. So like I said, 40 to one's a long shot for a reason. Nevertheless, the Angels have enough talent. Obviously, Otani is going to be pitching early in the season and hitting. Trout's healthy, assuming he doesn't get hurt in the World Baseball Classic, which with him, who the hell knows? There's enough talent on this roster that they can hang around. Their, their win total, they're expected to be about average, slightly above average team this year. I saw one projection was 85 wins. They're not a bad team. They could be a fringe wild card team this year, but they got off to a good start last year, and they're aging in spots, so I think – the expectation is maybe start pretty well, then kind of fade as the season goes on. So for a small taste at 40 to one angels to be the first team to win 10 games in baseball this year, just a stupid fun little bet that we threw out yesterday and in, in the discord and we're going to roll with it. I like it. 10 games, short period of time, a lot of variance possible there. I think that's great to just go for a big number like that. And like you said, all their advantages should be multiplied because, again, Otani will be nice and healthy. Knock on wood, Trout will be good, too. So I like that. That's really nice. Yeah, and it's, the good thing about this is it's a future bet, but it's one that's over within the first three, four weeks of the season. Like, right. by hell i mean the dodgers i mean the dodgers are expected to take a little bit of a step back this year but it's the dodgers they'll probably be start the season 10 and 1 and it'll be over by the second week of the season but like it's a future bet that's it's a future bet that's not going to take very long it's like the first to 10 you see people at the sports book during march madness losing their minds over the first to 10 points so we're gonna go first to 10 wins and see what happens i like that that's great that's good stuff Anything else we gotta cover? I think I think that's it. I think we've got it all covered. I'm not an XFL guy. I'm just like 
refreshing every book every day, hoping we're going to start seeing some NFL draft stuff start popping up, but we really haven't. I will say, I think it's a misprice that Will Anderson is the uh, underdog to Jalen Carter to be the first defensive player drafted, but I, it's he's even money and Jalen Carter's like minus 140. Wouldn't bet it, but I don't think that's priced properly. I think that there's not really a scenario I see where Jalen Carter goes ahead of him, but at even money, like I don't know that it's bettable right now and a lot can happen between now and then. So who knows? But yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you keep watching those um, deep dives, I assume VR Vegas refund will keep doing those with Andy. They always have tons of good stuff. Yeah, so, so that's going to be we're we're back on We're on a regular schedule with that. That's going to be every Thursday. That'll be in your mm-hmm. feeds late in the afternoon on Thursdays, three, four o'clock, depending on when we record that. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be pretty regular. Andy's trying to get credentialed to the combine. So, like, would love to see Andy sitting in the stands at Lucas Oil Stadium. Just like watching guys run 40 in their underwear. Sounds like it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun for Andy. I'm sure he'd, he'd do well at the steakhouses too. So that's a great, that's great. Make sure again, make sure you listen to that tons of actionable information and all that draft stuff. You got to get on it early. So make sure you kind of set your appointment for that, but that's all we got today. Thanks everybody for watching. Halt. Great job, Aaron. Thank you for all the good comments. Everybody give us a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, dump a comment there. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for win total Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you.